2: it loud. And the Romeo Fox Trot. Shall we dance? Here we go again. Here we go again. Is this a wag the dog, or is this an eye for an eye? This is the Savage Nation. We'll discuss that topic and nothing else today on the uh, program. In fact, we have two phenomenal guests. One is a Navy SEAL who ran special ops in the area for years. The other is an expert on the area. But let me begin with the Bible, because I think on a day like today, well, I guess everyone's turning to something. Some are turning to television. Uh, Some are turning to sports. But I'll turn to Exodus 21. And you know what that is? If any harm follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. It's apparently something Charlie Schumer never learned in day school. It's something Adam Schiff never learned at Harvard. But it's something apparently that Donald Trump learned somewhere along the way on the mean streets of construction in New York City. It's what everyone in the world knows to be true. If you let a bully like Iran continue to plot and kill around the world forever, it doesn't end well for anyone on the planet. And by the way, the Iranian people will not unite against us. I have an email from someone who says, I have friends from Iran who fled in the 1970s. Most Iranians hated Suleiman because he would disappear any opposition. Most Iranians are secretly rejoicing at the death of this mastermind of terror. He was the Himmler of Iran. Write that one down. And yet, of course, if you turn on the liberal media or the uh, Hollywood idiots, the stoners out there in Brentwood or wherever they're living these days, somewhere south or north of. Uh, of the, of the highway that runs around the mountain there, they're um, probably going to get a picture of Suleiman for their mantle and cry over it. They'll sit shiver over uh, Suleiman over the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll cry over Suleiman. Interesting name, Suleiman, the man who was killed. In Arabic, it means man of peace. I think that, that's rather ironic, a man who killed thousands of people, man of peace. In English, Suleiman means Solomon. It's a beautiful name, by the way. Solomon's Temple King Solomon comes to mind Suleiman man i always loved the name But yesterday when it happened friend called me and he said did you see what Trump did? I said no and then I looked at it and I tweeted Trump busts a cap in the heads of Iran's terror masterminds. I realized that was a little abrupt But what else did he do? He busted a cap in the heads of two of Iran's terror masterminds. So many questions have emerged and uh Uh, To me, the number one question is where they get the intelligence from that Suleiman and his top deputy were in that car at that time on the way to the airport where we unleashed our advanced drone and wiped the man off the planet. It's uh, not something you celebrate the death of another man. But remember, this is not an ordinary man. Do you know who this man was, Suleiman? I mean, aside from uh, what Schiff is saying about him, lauding him and Schumer, you would think that he was uh, a man of peace. He wasn't a man of peace. In fact, his job for the King Hancho there, the number one terrorist in the world, the grand mullah, hula, mullah, the grand mullah sitting there in his filthy robes up there, casting hell upon everyone around the world who doesn't bow down to him. Suleiman's chief job was to conduct extraterritorial terror attacks for Iran for the mullahs what does extraterritorial mean every terrorist attack you've seen whether it's through the factotum of hezbollah or others were masterminded by this mastermind and his lieutenant and they're gone somehow trump got the intelligence who gave it to him you could guess was it mossad guess was it iraqi intelligence they certainly know their country better than we do you know the iraqis are not dead yet they have a phenomenal intelligence service in iraq so, did they give him up? Did someone in his inner circle give him up? Did someone in Iran give him up? Well, none of these questions really matter. What matters is what will happen now. Now, the nervous Nellies are shaking in their, knee, in their boots saying there's gonna be dead Americans as a result. Those are all of the Dems. Well, they may be right, that's a terrible thing. I am positive Iran is not gonna strike in a military fashion. As sure as I'm sitting here, that's not their way. They're going to strike in a stealthful way, in a secretive way, in a terroristic way, everywhere around the world, including the United States of America. You don't have to be a prophet to understand that as a result of Obama's eight years of collaboration with the enemy. Remember the $175 billion? Where'd that money go? How many your bombs and bullets and C-4 packets did that buy the Iranians? We have Iranian agents all over this country. Ever watch the show Homeland? Oh, they look like nice neighbors, many of them. Now, I don't think I'm asking for a witch hunt here, nor an internment. I'm not. But you better understand that not all of them go to their little businesses quietly at night and want to be like you and I with a white picket fence. Many of them are here waiting to strike, and they will strike. That's a terrible thing to say, but I believe that's what's going to happen. Now, yesterday on The Savage Nation, I finished the first hour with a little montage of what I had seen in my lifetime, and here's how I ended the show. My attorney called me before the show, and he never calls me about my show. He's too smart to waste his time. (laughs) Dan Horowitz called. He said, Michael, you're a prophet. Do you know what you said at the end of yesterday's show? I said, Dan, I don't remember. He said, you are in an altered state, Michael. And I looked it up. And I said, tomorrow will bring us more surprises than I think any of us is ready for. I continued, it looks like an earthquake is brewing underneath the surface. It looks like Iran wants a war. Then I said, that's the wild card that I see. Does it make me a prophet? No, it makes me a person who can read the tea leaves, meaning I analyze what's going on in the world. Or you can call it prophetic. What does the word prophet mean when you analyze it? I'm not Kahil Gibran, but the fact of the matter is, I'm not Nostradamus either, but I have an analytical mind. I'm trained in the sciences. I was trained in Aristotelian logic from an early age. I read Plato in the mathematics rather than in the language of English. And I'm talking about a long time ago. I earned a PhD in a hard science. My literature is published, three graduate degrees in the sciences. My plant collections are in museums around the world. Seven museums have them. Does it make me Albert Einstein? No, but I can read the data and I can analyze things. So I analyze what's coming. And I said, it looks like an earthquake is brewing underneath the surface. It looks like Iran wants a war. And they did. They were taunting Trump. After attempting to burn down our embassy in Baghdad or wherever it was in Iraq, the the, uh, troublemakers in Iran said Trump is powerless. He can do nothing. They taunted him. They taunted him. Now, on the other hand, you could say this is a wag the dog. You can go there. You could say that this is strictly an attempt to uh, get on top of the, uh, the election. You, know, you could take the cynical approach. And we all know there's a, a high risk here. And uh, you know where it's going to go? We don't know. Now, there will be dead Americans, says an ex-CIA director, Morell. Thousands are rallying in Iran against the crimes. You'd expect that from the mobs in Iran. You're not seeing the Iranians who hate the the Mullahs and hated Hsuleman. Oil prices have jumped. Gold prices have jumped. The Strait of Hormuz is in play. Uh, Tehran vows revenge. We know the sleeper cells in the U.S. are going to be activated. Will this lead to another endless war? Will it be World War III? Who knows? But I want to go to a book I wrote. That became a New York Times bestseller, number one, by the way, without any help from your friends, without a little help from my friends, without any appearances on Fox News, Michael Savage wrote Trump's war soon after Trump was elected. And I want to read you a paragraph from it because it's important that I know what I wrote in context of what I'm going to say to you today, in addition to what I've already said to you today. In Trump's war, I wrote a chapter called Trump's war against the war machine, and I said, one of the reasons I worked so hard to get Trump elected is I believe he will be a man of peace. Put everything else aside, the most important thing in this world is not the economy. It's peace, domestic peace, international peace, peace between individuals and peace between nations is far more important than gross domestic product or how, or how low the interest rates are. Hundreds of years ago, Thomas Hobbes said the very first law of nature is to seek peace. That is the essence of true conservatism. And I'm not just talking about the absence of military war on the battlefield, I wrote. I'm talking about peace between individuals and groups within society. It's truly the opposite of progressivism, which seeks nothing but conflict. They promote conflict between people of different racial groups, different sexual orientations, and different income levels. They even promote conflict between men and women. So I want to focus on Trump being a man of peace. You could argue that this was an act of peace, not an act of war. Now, how would you argue that? Well, if Iran has a man named Suleiman who is in charge for the last 20-some-odd years of running extraterritorial terrorist attacks around the world, how would you have constrained him? How would you have constrained this Iranian general who MSNBC thinks is George Washington, who Phil Griffin, by the way, is acting like a collaborator. I, I said this before. If this was a time of war, the heads of CNN and MSNBC should be arrested and put in a dark prison the same way Lincoln did. The hero of the, of the Democrats was Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln did not tolerate dissent of this nature in a time of war. Now, you could argue it's not a time of war. So Phil Griffin can have all the fun he wants with his marionettes and MSNBC. And the other one who looks like Harvey Weinstein, who runs CNN, looks like Harvey Weinstein's uh, illegitimate brother, I forget his name, that uh, that sweaty, bestial-looking, gypsy-like guy, I don't know his name, he runs CNN, a monster. That monster who stirs up more, I know his name, that monster who stirs up more hatred than, than, than most terrorists through CNN, in a time of war, would be arrested right now, taken out in handcuffs for what he's doing. But we're not in a time of war, there's been no war declared. So, this opens up the whole question. And the question to you, the audience of the Savage Nation, today, this Friday, is quite simple. Or do you want to make a comment in a simplistic or complex manner? I invite you to call a talk show known as a talk show by dialing 855-400-SAVAGE, 855 And remember, you can call the show even if you're not listening on a radio station. The show is heard around the world on uh, the stream. It's the number one streaming show that I know of in talk radio. And I'd like you to call the show, even if you're listening on the stream, at 855 Without calls, it's really not a complete show. Most talk shows have, I don't know, turned into monologues rather than talk. I enjoy hearing from listeners, and I don't expect only to hear from those who say, rah, rah, go Trump, go. I would like to hear from progressives or liberals who are really thoughtful about it. And before you call, I want you to think about some of the facts. Uh, those of you who oppose Trump's act and who are in mourning for this terrorist, as is Phil Griffin and the others, CBS calling him a military genius, CBS saying he is revered as a war hero, uh, those on the networks blaming Trump for escalating tensions, those calling Trump an assassin, These are the same people who stood silently by when for eight years President Barack Hussein Obama launched thousands of drone strikes in the Middle East, 3,000 of them as of 2015, 3,000 of them as of 2015. It was Obama, by the way, who did not act when Syria crossed Obama's red line, and Obama did nothing. But they praised his restraint for being a coward. No retaliation when Syria crossed Obama's red line. There was nothing but capitulation and appeasement. Obama went to the bargaining table with the world's number one exporter of terror on Americans and gave them the ability to continue their nuclear ambitions undeterred. Obama was a collaborator and an appeaser. He worked for the other side, in my opinion, but it's not Obama we're concerned on about right now. We are concerned about President Trump. Dems are blaming him for ra- raising the tensions in the region. They have forgotten that the Iranians almost burned down the U.S. Embassy. And I will remind you that the question of whether or not he had the legal authority to do this, even though Pentagon officials told Newsweek that the drone strike was authorized under 10 U.S. Code 127E, which is support of special operations to combat terrorism. I'll let you decide. The phone number is 855 We're jammed with calls. Grab a line. I'll be back.
1: Michael Savage, a host like no other. Hey, here's
2: a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now, look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a Purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero-gravity-like feel, so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free at-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight. 888 Text S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight.
1: Message and data rates may apply. The Savage Nation, it's Savage On Demand. Here
2: he was, Suleiman, in a foreign nation, fomenting attacks on U.S. soil, walking openly, brazenly. Why did he have such a brazen sense that nothing would hurt him? Oh, you could ask Nancy Pelosi, Schiff, Nadler, and the rest of the pack of crazy animals who have made foreign powers think that the president has been neutralized and that he would have been afraid to act. Do you understand that? Now you understand the consequences of what the left has done to this this poor man, Donald Trump. So he walks brazenly. Here is a man who, who reports directly to Iran's Supreme Leader, Khomeini, which was itself designated terror group in 07. The group is estimated to have a master militia of 20,000 fighters. Do you understand this was a win for free people yesterday? And despite the left in this country, this could be... I don't know, it could set off a revolution in Iran. I doubt it. We all wish there could be a revolution in, Japan, in Iran and it could go back to be, being a modern nation. Never forget how advanced Iran was before the f- religious fanatics took it over. Never forget how advanced the Persian people are. Never forget what the Persian people have suffered as a result of the throwbacks who have put them into shackles, the shackles of radical Islam, There were no burqas on the streets of Tehran until the fanatic Khomeini came back from exile in London, released by Jimmy Carter. It was Jimmy Carter who unleashed radical Islam on the world. Back in a minute.
1: Be here, be nowhere. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. All right.
2: There's only one topic, uh... On this Friday the 3rd of January in the year of our Lord 2020 and that is Trump has killed Iran's terror masterminds what do you think of it of course the party line has spoken those on the left are calling him a uh, a man of peace Suleiman when he was of course in charge of all of the acts of terror that Iran has exported over the last 25 years Uh, and we'll talk about it later in a minute we have a great guest right now but I want to refer you to Newsmax which just published my monologue under a title of Trump Kills Iran's Terror Masterminds. We go right now to a man who's been there and done that, and he's not an actor. His name is Jack Carr, former Navy SEAL, but not just a Navy SEAL. Not just a Navy SEAL, no. That would be great enough to me. He led special ops teams as a team leader, platoon commander, troop commander, task unit commander, executive officer, 20 years of naval special warfare. But most importantly to today's topic is he um, commanded a special ops task unit in the most Iranian-influenced section of southern Iraq. Throughout the tumultuous drawdown of U.S. forces, Jack Carr has written two political thrillers, The Terminalist and True Believer. And he has a third one coming out entitled The Savage Sun. Jack, welcome to The Savage Nation. The Savage Sun, how are you today? Where are you, Jack? Jack, welcome to The Savage Nation.
0: me on. I sure appreciate it. And, so Jack, uh, you're
2: writing a, a third novel called Savage Son. Am I getting any royalties?
0: <laughs> we'll have to have the lawyers talk about that afterward. Uh, you might deserve them because I've been uh, a, a listener since about 1995.
2: So it's Jack. Odd- look, you're, you're a real you're a real gutsy war hero to me. I was told by Jim the the call screener that you and I had dinner in 2002 in Aliotas. Is that true?
0: That's right. Someone was having a, a fundraiser, and I was at Officer Candidate School at the time. And uh, they invited me up, and we had dinner together with uh, probably about twenty other people
2: out there at Alioto's. So it was who, it was, without mentioning the who, put this together for I don't know us? What fundraiser it was for, but a friend of mine that's, uh, that's. Well, let's do this off the air. I would like to know who put you and me together. I don't recall it, but I would like to see you again the next time you're in the Bay Area. Let's get down to brass tacks, Jack. You've been there and you've done that, and everyone's shaking in their boots now, and they're saying we're going to have retaliation. There'll be dead bodies. That's highly likely, correct?
0: Right. There there will be some sort of a retaliation, if history is uh, any indication. Uh, And what they've learned from this event uh, yesterday is that they might have to muddy the waters a little bit more. Uh, Non-attributable type actions, or at least actions that make it harder to pin legally on Iran. So that's probably what their their takeaway is. But the bottom line is that uh, Soleimani was an enemy combatant. And he'd been at war with the U.S., Iraq, and Israel really since 1979. And he controlled proxy forces, with international reach, and was a clear and present danger to U.S. diplomats, soldiers, citizens, and U.S. interests abroad. So it was uh, taking him off the board was a significant event yesterday.
2: Okay, you say Iran will retaliate. That's what I thought last night. They will not do a direct military attack. That's not the way they operate Uh They'll use the, uh, what they've done in the past. Hezbollah as an example. Right. And, and, and so, Jack, I don't know how deep your knowledge of American insurgency goes. How, 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 what's the estimate within Homeland Security, if you can say, of the number of Iranian sleeper cells there are in this country today?
0: Well, we'd be foolish to think that there are none. Uh, and we'd also be foolish to think that uh, they haven't been watching and learning and adapting over this last uh, 20 years since 9-11. Um, and, but we really remember that Iranian-backed Hezbollah was responsible for more American deaths than any other terrorist organization uh, up until 9-11. Um, and sometimes those plans were years, were uh, responses, and, and terrorist attacks were like years in the planning and most used proxies. Um, I, I was very young, but I distinctly remember U.S. Embassy bombing in Beirut in 1983, Uh, 17 people died there, and then, of course, they were responsible for the Marine barracks, also in 1983, uh, which was 241. And our response then was harsh rhetoric, and then a pullout of the region uh, a few months later.
2: So, in other words, they got what they wanted. They scared us off.
0: They learned that terrorism works in Mm. many cases. And what they were doing now with this change in administration, change in policy, towards Iraq, towards Iran, is testing the waters.
2: So, do, do you agree with me that they had calculated wrongly that Trump had been neutralized by the impeachment hearings and that he could not or would not act?
0: I think they were so used to what they'd experienced since 1979, which is that harsh rhetoric, and then um, maybe a very ineffective response militarily. Uh, what they did not expect was for U.S. president to do what he said he was going to do, which is act decisively in the region. So I think that was a surprise to them just because they have so much history ingrained in them from 1979 up until yesterday.
2: So is Trump the first American president to punch them in the nose?
0: I wouldn't say that he's the first American president to punch them in the nose, but certainly to do it in this fashion, to do it uh, so blatantly to take such a high level leader off the board in the way that he did, then claim credit for it, uh, and And coming so closely on the heels of quote unquote protesters uh, almost taking over the American embassy in Baghdad, so to have it come so close to that event attack so decisively that's what they're not used to
2: okay, so Israel we've got the standard Twitterites who hate Jews and hate Israel saying it was the the uh the, the Jewish state that was behind this. Do you think Israel had anything to do with not the attack? it was our drone, but the intelligence?
0: Oh, you never know uh, about that, but I would think that uh, that we're in close communication with them because uh, they will be the ones that have to for, probably uh, take the brunt of Iranian response right off the bat from this because they live there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we shared intelligence, but I have no. No insider knowledge of that, of course, but uh,
2: also. <laughs> well, of course not. Even though you would have been in intelligence as the head of a seal division, you don't know any of that. <laughs> I'm retired so, these days. I understand you're just a mild-mannered retiree living out your later years up in a ski area. I get it. Uh, That's exactly it. It reminds me of, yeah, I get it. So, Jack, 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 you, you know these people. You fought with them, you know, in, 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 in Iraq. You fought some of these Hezbollah people, didn't you?
0: Under a different name, sure. Um, we had Shia militias that uh, that were uh, the enemy over there, and one of our main missions was to pressure that enemy threat network, uh, especially due to their expertise in using uh, the evolution of IEDs, which became the EFPs that we heard so much about over here. the explosively formed projectiles.
2: That could Jack Carr, Jack Car, you say the attack on the U.S. Embassy um, was almost a disaster. They almost did it. turned it into a Benghazi you also say that Iran's mistake is that they have not studied President Trump at all. Uh, they thought that he was neutralized in some ways because of the impeachment and uh, what the Dems and the media has done to him. And for the last 30 years, they've been accustomed to a different America. President Trump actually does what he says he will do. Is this a victory for Trump?
0: I would think so. Um, you know, but obviously the left's going to turn it and change it, or the opposition, I guess, will will change it and twist it uh, however they see fit. That's just the, the nature of taking any action. Um, but uh, I would think that acting decisively in defense of U.S. interests, U.S. diplomats, U.S. soldiers abroad is, uh, is going to, well, it, it's a, it was a solid, strong, powerful move. And one that was necessary to take somebody out that has been responsible for so many U.S. deaths over the years.
2: Now, to be fair to the discussion, and not be one-sided, um, The Daily Caller is certainly not a leftist publication. Their headline is, flashback, Trump predicted Obama would attack Iran to get reelected. So people are saying he's doing exactly that. It's a wag-the-dog scenario. What would you say to that?
0: Well, I think that uh, he did not uh, give the green light to an attack that was uh, publicized a couple weeks ago that was in the works. That was, uh, that was imminent um, because he was worried about um, those repercussions and maybe the intelligence wasn't quite what it should have been. Um, so he's calculated, that's for sure. And I don't think protecting U.S. interests is, and protecting U.S. citizens, diplomats, soldiers abroad uh, is... is, is, is is the way to get reelected. It's not. That's not the reason that he does these things.
2: Yeah, most Americans, by the way, are anti... Most Americans are anti-war. Most Americans absolutely do not want to get sucked into another quagmire, as many are saying Iraq was with the false narrative of of WMDs. I don't personally think this is going to lead to a wider war, do you?
0: You know, I, I, I don't think so. Um, but it will, I think like we talked about, lead to those uh, the retaliation uh, in one way, shape, or form. And it might be five years from now. It might be ten years from now, a uh, mm. year from now. I don't think it'll be tomorrow. I think they're going to take a breath and uh, look, learn, and then adapt to what happened yesterday and then take action based on what they learned uh, from yesterday's attack. So they're smart. Um, and to think otherwise would, uh, uh, would be doing them and us a disservice.
2: So you're saying that the Persian generals think the way the ancient Persian generals thought in the very long term.
0: They are patient. The enemy is nothing but patient and Mm. something that uh, that we typically are not
2: as a nation. Who would their targets be? Would it be civilians in a terror attack like a 9-11? Would it be major government officials in the Defense Department? Who who do you think they would target in, in the most dramatic fashion first?
0: I think that's what our intelligence services are are looking at today. And I would think that those obvious, more obvious targets that uh, that you just mentioned are the ones that will be hardened for the longer a longer period of time, meaning that uh, this is an asymmetric type uh, type engagement. Uh, we're, we're the Goliath, and uh, you know then they have to figure out how to attack us, where we are weak. And so if we come at it from that perspective and look at it through their eyes and look at where we are weak, And that is probably where they will focus their efforts and their energy.
2: Jack, look, you're a warrior who's been there. You face these guys head on. I'm just a talk show host who tries to put things together the best I can. My analysis is they're not going to attack the people we think they're going to attack. If I were writing a novel about this, it would come at us in a completely obtuse manner. And I I can't even suggest what I think they're going to do because it would probably be wrong. But on the other hand, I think we have to be very vigilant, and again, I'm concerned about a show like Homeland, which I'm sure you've seen over the years, with all the sleeper cells acting like they're just pleasant little uh, owners of a nursery somewhere in Virginia. There's an awful lot of them here who can do a lot of harm, don't you think?
0: Oh yes, I mean, we have been very open for uh, a great number of years here, and uh, that has if I was the enemy, I would be taking advantage of that, uh, of that uh, chink in our armor, uh, and inserting my agents, my sleeper cells, uh, into this country. Uh, the Russians did it very effectively uh, mm. for World War II and up until the end of the, the Cold War. Uh, and to think that the enemy hasn't studied that and uh, looked at the chink in our armor and done the same thing, we uh, would be foolish.
2: To we're, we're speaking with Jack Carr, who is an Navy SEAL. You say former, I don't say former. But he led a major force against Iranian-influenced elements of southern Iraq, and he knows these people. I'm going to make a prediction, Jack, and I'm going to take your your thoughts on it after the break. I actually think Trump's going to strike again. I have no inside information. I'm not in communication with the White House at this time. Uh, I suspect Trump's going to shock the world by striking again, and before long, and then again, again, it's going to happen. That's my guess. I'd like to hear your opinion the minute I return right here on The Savage Nation. Home of borders, language, culture, The Savage Nation. Trump is a businessman primarily by nature. He's dealt with some of the toughest people on earth. Not an ounce of concrete gets poured in New York City unless you deal with really tough people, okay? No one cuts a board. No one lays a pipe. So he understands winning through intimidation. Let me tell you that right now. Those buildings with his name on it didn't get there by accident. And I made a prediction that uh, in the last hour that he's going to strike before Iran strikes back at us. He's going to strike them again, and maybe again. But let's ask a man who's a real warrior, Jack Carr, uh, Navy SEAL, been there, done that, two political thrillers, the terminalist and true believer. Jack, welcome back to the Savage Nation. Do you think there's any likelihood Trump could strike again? Jack, are you there? I don't know if Mr. Carr is here with us, but I don't hear him. I'm I here. Think he, oh, Jack, do you think that there's a chance Trump will strike again?
0: I think so, and I think it, uh, yesterday's uh, hit, operation, Well, it was important to take credit for that. It was important for people to know, for the world to know, for Iran to know that that was the U.S. That was us striking back, taking a major player off the board. Now, when we go forward here, I think you're right. I think we want to keep them on their heels, just like you. Boxer lays one punch. You're not just going to wait. You have the you have your opponent on their heels, and you're going to follow up
2: with. Bingo! I think he's going to pummel them now that they're reeling.
0: But I think also that that he will take a breath and he will look at all the options on the table. Meaning, maybe yesterday it was important to take credit for that, but in the future we have a very robust intelligence and uh, and military capability, particularly. Since 9 11, it's just grown and uh, gotten more robust every single day. So, moving forward, we have some other options on the table. And n- it might be important to use proxies ourselves so that Iran doesn't know ah. exactly who did this. Was it Israel? Was it the French? Was it the British? Was it the entire
2: hmm. world? You, you mean who pointed the finger exactly where Suleiman was at exactly that time that the drone hit, right?
0: Or go Yeah, or going forward, and when they, we take out other people that are important
2: to that. Unbelievable. Time. Well, Jack, we're out of time. Jack Carr, Navy SEAL, the new book, I can't wait to read it, called Savage Son. I, again, I'll have to talk to your lawyer about that one. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. See you soon. Savage Nation, back in a minute.
1: And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is. New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Trump promised to end endless wars. Tragically, his actions now put us on the
3: path to wars. another war. war. Potentially war. one. Wars. that could be even worse
1: Wars. Wars. than before. This Here's a guy I never shot a Daisy BB gun. This up.
3: is and was an enormous escalation. And it follows a string of dubious actions that President yeah, Trump yeah, has taken. Right. Maybe you can make it a buck off it. And it drastically increased the prospects and the risk of
2: a uh, over danger it. to Americans.
1: If we have learned nothing else Who's this from, this from the Middle East in the last 20 years, what it's that taking out a bad guy. This is may not be, a looks a good like idea, Howdy Duty, unless you are ready for what comes next. How can this anyone take Howdy Doody Duty seriously? Yeah, shut up. Of another endless yeah,
2: blah blah, blah blah. All right, there they are. Okay. Uh, Trump busted a cap in the heads of Iran's two terror masterminds, and the country being as split as it is made their statements according to which side of the aisle you are on. Do you fear there will be dead Americans as a result? Um, former CIA director Uh, says there will be. Morell said that Iran will do it. In the first hour, we had a guest on who's a former Navy SEAL who fought against the Iranian terrorists on the ground in Iraq. Uh, He knows what they're like, and he says, yes, they will act, but it may take a long time. I predicted that Trump will strike before they do. Again, Trump, in other words, hit them so hard they never expected it because uh, the previous evidence of American presidency was one of appeasement and fear. So this guy Suleiman, the man of peace, who was in charge of all extraterritorial acts of terror for the last, God knows, 25 years, uh, comes to Iraq with impunity, figures no one's going to touch him, that he's untouchable. And Trump took a, took a shot, knocked him off, And now the Iranians are reeling and they don't know what they're going to do next. I'm sure they don't know what they're going to do next, except bluster. My guess is Trump's going to hit them again. Now, he says he's going to de-escalate, which I hope he does. How? How do you de-escalate with a people who are so fanatic based upon their religious beliefs that they will not stop unless they're stopped? Explain that to me. When your holy book, let's get down to the reality of the situation. When your holy book teaches you to go out and conquer all other religions around the world and convert the people, uh, tell me how this is going to de-escalate. It can't. This is not a normal state of affairs. You're not dealing with a state run by statesmen. You are running with a state run by religious fanatics, the mullahs. And unless you can understand what religious fanaticism is, and get your head out of, your, uh, out of the sand, you're not going to understand that they will never stop until they're stopped. It's that simple. This war has been going on since 732 A.D. In case you don't know history, the first crusades were those of the Muslims against Christians. But if you don't know history, I can't beg you to please study your history for fear of the fact that you're going to repeat it. If you're Bernie Sanders, all you know is the rhetoric of uh, Marxism. Islam has been at war with the world since 732 AD. I can give you a thumbnail sketch of how a world that was not Islamic within a short sphere of of time was converted to Islam through the sword and through fire. You don't know any of this because you like to believe it's a religion of peace. It is not when practiced by fanatics like this. And he was the arch mastermind of terror around the world. He was not a religious man himself who just read the Quran. He was sent out by the religious fanatics to conduct terror attacks around the world. Trump kills Iran's terror masterminds. If you'd like to read what I think about it, uh, it's on Newsmax right now and linked up on michaelsavage.com. I'll put it on Twitter Twitter in a while. And no one is celebrating death here. Don't get me wrong. I'm a man of peace, not a man of war. I backed Trump to the hilt because I thought he was a man of peace. And frankly, I still think he is. It's one of the reasons I work so hard and uh, so strong. In fact, I was the only one in talk radio who backed Donald Trump. All those who are now his friends who are looking to get pats on the head attacked him and called you names. They called you Trumpers, Trumpeteers, Trumpets, Trumpers. They laughed at you and they mocked you. But then they saw which way the wind blew and now they're all diehard Trumpers. Shortly after Trump won the election in November 2016, I'm almost reluctant to say it again, but I, I guess I have to because if I don't, who will? As a great sage wrote in the 1300s, if I am not for myself, who will be? If I'm only for myself, who am I? So I'll be for myself. In November when Trump won, 2016, in December I went to Mar-a-Lago. He saw me. He was surrounded by Secret Service. Being from New York, I went up to him anyway. They didn't want me to come near him. He waved them off. He put his arm around me. And he said to everyone at Mar-a-Lago, without this man I wouldn't be president. I take that to be true. He knows the truth and he knows who backed him from the beginning. He never forgets his friends. He never forgets his enemies. Never. I can tell you that right now. He grew up in the Queens on the other side of Union Turnpike. We breathed the same air. I lived in an attached house on Utopia Parkway uh, because we were an attached house. That's what we had. I loved it, but it was an attached house. He lived in the expensive Jamaica Estates. Today, it's not a big deal house to anybody, but he went to the New York Military Academy. I went to Jamaica High School. He was driven in limousines. I slept in the slush on the Q44A. But we come from the same background in some ways. His father was a hardworking builder who picked up bent nails on construction sites after he was through building something and had the nails straightened out to reuse them. That's what Donald Trump was as a boy. He was raised by Fred, who taught him frugality and how to build things. Never forget who he is. Forget, forget the garbage you read in the newspapers. It's all trash. Okay, so now we have a president who the Iranians misread, and they figured he's neutralized by Schiff and Nadler and all the other quislings. And uh, Nadler and Schiff made our enemies, as I said to you months ago, they have weakened us internationally, the liars. So the Iranians figured, I said that to you. The Iranians figured that Trump had been neutralized by the impeachment. He thought Pelosi had destroyed, they, they thought Pelosi had weakened them so, so much that an arch terrorist mastermind like Suleiman could go to Iraq almost with impunity and drive around and figure no one's going to touch him. Now here he is in a foreign country after they almost burned their embassy to the ground and he's running around in public unheard of. Why? You can thank Pelosi. You can thank Pelosi for what she did to our image worldwide. She weakened us worldwide. But Trump apparently had something up his sleeve. He got the intelligence where where this arch mastermind would be at exactly what time. And he unleashed one of our advanced drones, which is astounding, the weaponry. I never saw anything like this, the advancement of it. And by the way, just to speak about the advanced drone for a minute, I want to remind you who Obama was. You've heard a million things about him and how he uh, was on the other team and this and that. Well, I don't know whether he was on the other team. I know he was a, an Islamophile, that's for sure, because his fathers, both fathers, were uh, Muslims. You'd expect him to be sympathetic towards Islam. Obama also went to a madrasas, which is a, um, a religious school for Muslims. He never forgot his learnings. And so his sympathies were always with Islam. We all knew that, which is why we lived in a state of hell for eight years, those of us who saw what he was doing. And uh, as a result, we have what we have today. So Suleiman figures that the president's neutralized because of Nancy Pelosi and Schiff. And he goes to Iraq, and Trump has something else up his sleeve, and bingo, the two masterminds are gone. Now people are saying, well, they're going to retaliate. Well, they probably will. Uh, where will they strike? I don't know. I have no idea. France, whichever s- nation in the West is the weakest and has the worst intelligence service is where there's going to be hell to pay for what happened yesterday to Suleiman. However, I suspect Trump may strike again. I have no reason to suspect it because today Trump said he's going to try and de-escalate, which to me indicates he may not try to deescalate so fast. I think he's going to try to take out another one of them before they even recover from the last punch. It's like a battle. You get into a fist fight. Many of us who don't fight, and I'm not a fighter, but I study war and I study fighting. I study military battles, going back a long time. There is no such thing as a one blow military battle. Everybody knows that if you get the enemy on, uh, on, on a, in, in, a, in a solid maneuver and they're on the run, you strike again, you don't withdraw. You strike while they're weak and you are strong and you finish them off. My guess is that there are hawkish elements within the Defense Department who think exactly that way, and uh, they're probably programming the next drone for another one. I'm guessing, do you understand, it's a talk show that you're listening to. I don't work for the government. But I'd like to know what you think about all of this. Uh, Tyler in California thinks it's a bad move. He's been holding a long time. Tyler, are you still with us? Go ahead, please, if you are.
3: Hey, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, nice to talk with you again, doctor. Uh, yeah, I think it's a bad
0: move just because, uh, you know, as you said, Trump is supposed to be a man of peace, and I, I just really don't see how peace can come from this.
2: Uh, you don't see, well, Okay, you don't see how peace can come from strength?
0: Well, I mean, I don't think it's going to foment a revolution or anything. If anything, I think this is going to uh, unify all the Shias at least to kind of be in opposition
2: to us. All right, that's probably true. But, um, you know, there was a president named Teddy Roosevelt who said, walk softly and carry a big stick. Yeah, true. Um, And Uh, and he struck with his big stick. Trump just struck with his big stick. And I think he told the Iranians to think twice before they start attacking uh, our, our allies or us again. Will Iran learn? No, I don't believe so. I believe Iran is committed to uh, terror. I believe that they're stuck in the holy book of the 7th century. I don't believe they're living in the modern world. I think that the real archenemy are the religious fanatics who run Iran, not the Persian people. And I think we will see terrible bloodshed in the very near future. But I don't think we're finished yet.
0: Yeah, and I'd like to point out that uh, this Iranian guy, he, 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 he ISIS didn't take over Syria and Iraq. You know they were the ones on the front lines fighting ISIS themselves. Also, so you have
2: to take- well, but that was for religious reasons. That's the that's the Shia-Sunni war that's been going on for seven hundred years, uh, which nobody outside of the Muslim world could understand. It's a it's a battle over cousins: Shia versus Sunni. Uh, you talk about religious wars. This war has been going on 700 years between the Shia. By the way, the Iranians are largely Shia, as you well know. ISIS was largely Sunni. We agree on that. And of course, that's the reason they did it. It's because their cousins who they hate uh, were on the ascent throughout Syria. Okay, got the message. You're not alone on that. I appreciate thought. Do you fear there will be dead Americans as a result? Many do. But before I take my break, I want to reiterate something I have said. At the height of the impeachment frenzy, I warned you, the listener, that what this was doing, what Pelosi had unleashed upon the president, was affecting our standing in the world negatively. Pelosi destroyed our image worldwide. Pelosi and Schiff and that other gang of miscreants weakened us so that the Iranians were emboldened, emboldened enough to almost burn down our embassy in Baghdad. And have this arch mastermind of terror driving around with impunity that's what Pelosi did to this nation now I'll take your calls the minute I return right here on the savage nation
1: the savage nation it's savage on demand
0: the loss of Qasem Soleimani is a heavy blow to Iran He was a war hero, the commander of Iran's feared Quds Force, responsible for secretive foreign operations. He wasn't well-known in the United States, but he was
1: one of the most powerful figures in the Middle East, sometimes even touted as a possible future leader of Iran. Haasem Soleimani was at the height of his power when he was taken out. Unlike Osama bin Laden, who was a forgotten, you know, nothing burger, sort of hiding in a... You know, villa in Pakistan.
0: But even many of Suleimani's enemies admitted he was a military genius. genius. And in Iraq, ironically, he and his forces were on the same the side as the civilians? U.S. fighting boys. against ISIS. By killing Qasem Soleimani, the U.S. has stripped Iran of an inspirational military leader. Oh my but there God. are fears that the killing of Soleimani, a revered figure in Iran revered. and some other places in the Middle East, could see simmering
4: right, tensions okay. between now you the you understand
2: U- what we're talking about. Uh, the the war we are in is not only a war against terrorism, but a war against domestic internal terroristic enemies who are now showing their true colors, siding not only with communism or Marxism as they do on a regular basis, but now they're siding with the Islamic fanatical terroristic enemy, nakedly siding with the fanatics who would throw them down a well they would throw them down a well. You know, in Trump's war, when I wrote that best-selling book, number one, I keep repeating it, my chapter one was Trump's war against the enemies within. They're all showing their true colors right now. And I'm not proud to tell you that I think if they keep it up, and we do declare war, Trump's liable to do to them what Lincoln did to his enemies. I'm telling you as I sit in, now Lincoln is a hero of the left in this country. I have told you Lincoln was a terrorist. I've told you that many times. I've studied Lincoln. Uh, He he has a very mixed record. Of course, he did a great thing by freeing the slaves. But that was not Lincoln's primary objective in the United States Civil War. It was an economic war primarily. He even admitted it. But the fact is, is that Lincoln rounded up and arrested his domestic enemies. He imprisoned them. He put them in basically internment camps until the Civil War was over. I would advise all of these leftists who've been running r- running like crazy in this country, hating everything that the military does, everything the police do, everything that Trump does, everything that the voters of Trump do, to cool it a bit. Just cool it back off a little bit for your own sake. You know, this game is not over yet. Everyone knows Trump's going to get reelected. Everyone knows it's going to be a landslide, except the uh, folks who are making a fortune off Gulling you people into believing that Bernie Sanders, the naked communist, has a chance or that uh, Howdy Doody Buttigieg has a chance or that Elizabeth Warren, the head of, uh, to me, the Biden-Mannhoff gang in America has a chance. None of them have a chance. They can't win. The average American has seen their act and rejected it. And as flawed as Trump is, he's going to be reelected. You just understand what's coming in term two. And please pull your horns in for your own sake. Please get on the right side of things because our enemies are watching us and you're emboldening them.
1: Michael Savage, a host like no other. He had a lot of American blood on his hands. He
3: was the mastermind behind Iranian malign behavior in the region. The world is a better place without him. The problem is that comes at a very high cost. Number one, there will be dead Americans, dead civilian Americans, as a result of this, possibly over the next few days, in any place where Iran has its proxies.
2: All right. Former CIA director Mike Morrell, part of the um, left wing in a country, says we should be shaking in our boots. Others say the opposite. I want to, again, uh, reiterate that you are listening to the Savage Graduate School of Political Science, where everyone gets an A. Everyone is welcome to call the show. Everyone gets an A. No one gets a B or a C. And I want to, again, welcome KABC in Los Angeles, a new affiliate for 2020. It's a big deal for this show Uh, especially in a time of retraction in the radio business, you have to understand what this really means by being heard live in Los Angeles in a very important time slot when a lot of people are in their cars. Uh, I have a home in L.A., so I know what the the traffic is like. I was with the president in the motorcade when he spoke down there. I was on on the freeway when all the traffic was stopped during rush hour. Believe me, there's a lot of cars that are going to listen to the Savage Nation in Los Angeles and maybe we can change a few hearts and minds to come around to common sense and that is what we need right now. I pray that we can lay down our ideological differences and the partisan tribal warfare can stop and we should all celebrate the fact that Trump has done a good thing here. He has not emboldened our enemies but he's intimidated them. I will tell you right now they're frightened of him. You can call it an act of war, you can call it murder, you can call it anything you want. He is the commander-in-chief. What that means is He commands the military, not you, not Schiff, not Pelosi. He is the commander-in-chief. Let's go to someone who has been in the war, the field of war. He's been on the show before. Donald Bramer uh, was great. And uh, he is a man who was awarded two Navy and Marine Corps commendation medals, two combat action badges, the Navy and Marine Corps achievement medal, the Iraq campaign medal with two stars from the U.S. Department of Defense, Don Bramer Founder and chairman of the Bremer Group. Uh, He has survived not only combat, but the combat of Capitol Hill. Don, welcome to the Savage Nation.
3: Good evening, sir. And how are you doing this afternoon?
2: Don, welcome back. What kind of retaliation do you expect to see from Iran after this? Do you have any idea?
3: Well, I mean, in my opinion, the the biggest form of retaliation that we're going to see immediately is a lot of rhetoric. Um, Obviously, to their allies and to their own people the iraqi regime has to look strong at this point that they are embarrassed uh... they've they've been caught with their pants down you know they have a proxy running around the world doing uh... setting up missions facilitating terrorist attacks everything that they've said they've not been doing they got caught red-handed and so you're gonna see a lot of a lot of rhetoric The biggest thing the easiest thing for them to do will be cyber attacks so we have to we have to be prepared for that, which we are. Um, you know, militarily, they know they're they're not going to even consider going head to head to the United States. Hmm. Might see some smaller lone wolf attacks, uh, but you know, a vast majority of the Iraqi citizens who have been hunted down, persecuted by this man and his cuts force, they're rejoicing right now.
2: Now, when you say Iraqi civilians, uh, you mean his. His Sunni enemies in Iraq, or who
3: his, his 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 enemies? You know, Iraqi. You know, and 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 to counter that, even a lot of you know a lot of people in Iran who have been there and you know and haunted by him. You know, this is a good day for them. This this is a good sign of the regime change that Iran needs.
2: Don, uh, you, you you're making some interesting points. We know Suleiman was in charge of extraterritorial terrorist attacks around the world. Wasn't he sort of the rope spear of the Iranian? Uh, Muslim or Iranian fanatical religious uh, organization. There wasn't he the rope
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And he's been, he's been, you know, the the hedgepin for stamping out and countering every bit of freedom movement that the Iranian people, the pro democracy, pro West people, have wanted. And this, you know, it may take some time, but this is a clear sign to the Iranian government that there is an opportunity. For them, And I think this could be a sign that we may see some positive changes.
2: Well, we do know that there's a, a, there was, and for a while, a growing movement in Iran to break the shackles of radical Islam. Uh, the women, for example, were once free when they were uh, simply Persian women. They were very westernized. Persia is a great nation. And then, unfortunately, Ayatollah Khomeini was brought back from exile by Jimmy Carter, who overthrew the Shah. And then the women were turned into Chattel in Iran. The country's been in hell. There's a great deal of prostitution. The economy is in shambles. Yet the Islamic fanatics who run Iran uh, have resisted any change, primarily through terror and murder, haven't they?
3: Well, they have. And and part of that's been because, you know, uh, when the sanctions were lifted and when they received pallets and pallets of cash, we funded those operations through a mm. horrible grand deal mm. all that money that should have went back to the Iranian people to help them prosper to give them relief from the sanctions did not it went to a small group of clerics and to a small group of, of terrorist funding organizations mm. while the people continued to starve, continued to suffer uh, those that small group of Thmani and his peers they made a fortune off of hair
2: Look, I want people to understand who you are. Don Bramer, who was the head of the uh, Bramer Group, is a veteran of both combat and Capitol Hill. But you were in the military. You were with the Combined Joint Special Ops Task Force from 05 to 07. You operated throughout Iraq as an intelligence officer and senior interrogator. I certainly can't ask you about that. But when I see senior interrogator and that you were awarded two Navy and Marine Corps commendation medals, two combat action badges, etc., you know who these people are and what they're like, don't you?
3: Well, I, well, I do, and you know, and, and we'll go back. You know, some of the people that are on our targeted list. Uh, you know, Baghdadi. You know, when, when we had him in our custody, you know, I had the, I guess, the opportunity, misfortune to to be one of the folks who interrogated him.
2: And wait, wait, sorry, Don, who did you interrogate? Baghdadi. You had Baghdadi in in custody. We've had Baghdadi
3: in custody twice under the previous administration, and, and the decision was made to let him go.
2: Oh, okay. So the same pacifists who made the decision to let him go, both within and outside the government, are now lamenting the killing of, of uh, Soleimani, correct? It's the same elements, aren't it?
3: Correct. You know, the one thing about Soleimani and Quds Force, they are responsible for 17% of the U.S. casualties in the Iraq War. So from 2003 to 2011, 70% of the U.S. forces that were casualties, you can tie directly back to this man and his forces.
2: Even though his name, Suleiman, means man of peace, he, he was the exact opposite, as I said. Sure. It looks to me, looking in on the outside, ahead of the Quds Force and whatnot, uh, he was uh, the, the arch-terrorist. He was the, uh, the Robespierre of this administration over there. But here's the question to you, and I don't know who can answer it. I don't know if you can or want to. How did he ride around with such impunity in Iraq that he didn't think anybody would attack him? How was that?
3: I mean, there's people who operate at that level. They they understand. And he, was, he was a spy master. Um, and, and every country has them. But they understand they have their network that allows them to, to operate below the radar. They know the the fact that you, you don't use certain electronics, you work with a very tight group, and you follow the tricks of the trade, and that's why we call it the trade craft. And that's how he was able to move uh, from country to country uh, below radar. The opportunity, the fact that we were able to have such a precise and surgical attack mm. with very limited casualties, kudos to our intelligence folks, and kudos for the expedience
2: that they carried this um, mission out. Uh, but Don, who, who do you think, look, I, no one knows, who gave him up? Was it Iraqi intelligence? They certainly hated him. The, 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 the Sunnis in Iraq hated him. Was it Israel? Was it Jordan? Was it the French? Was it the British? Do we know?
3: I don't think it's a case of one, one individual or one group uh, giving him up. It is a collective group of all intelligence organizations and all different types of intelligence, whether it's a combination of uh, SIGINT, HUMINT, everything that goes into place to make sure that you have a very small window where this target of opportunity is there that you can act on. And it's the same situation you know, for years uh, when we were hunting with uh, Osama Bin Laden. There were opportunities that came about which was very small and at that time, you know, either the decision was made not to act or it was felt that it was not you know, the, the right time. Uh, we found out that we should have acted years later but you know, when these terrorists move about, they change vehicles. They they mm. go through all the things where they know it's hard to track them.
2: It sounds like the movies I've seen about the Mexican cartels or about the mafia in in in, in Italy. Uh, the same techniques, and yet somehow, what did somebody put a tracker on his car? I mean, how did how did they know where he was?
3: Uh, you know that is at a
2: that is at a, a intelligence level that is probably way beyond uh, many of <laughs> Okay, we won't go there. Nobody really knows. So, you know. and, and by the way, are we sure that it was the US intelligence service that was able to determine he was there at that exact time? We don't know, right?
3: We don't we don't know. And you know, we have a lot we have a lot of allies in intelligence. We share a lot of intelligence. And that's the that is the beauty of it when our allied nations, our NATO nations communicate. This is evidence that good things can happen when we all work together, because we all are on the right side of, of good.
2: I agree with you, but here's the next question, Don. Okay, these two chief architects of extraterritorial terror attacks going back years, 20 years or more, they're dead. Who's waiting in the wings who's at their level of, of uh, intelligence? Let's put it that way. No, I mean,
3: Iran's already appointed a new person in that position. But the one thing they're going to lose with the loss of these two people is there is knowledge that because they do operate at such a below-the-radar level, a lot of that knowledge is went away with them because you can't write it down. You can't put it in a computer. Mm. A lot of that information, to, to, for lack of a better word, it died when they did. Mm. So while Iran says they're going to continue their missions and carry out their attacks, sure. But... They, this is a major, major setback for them because there's a lot of knowledge of operations, uh, contacts, networks that, with two of these people uh, d- deceased now, a lot of that information, and this is a huge disruption to that network.
2: Don Bramer, founder and chairman of the Bramer Group, a veteran of both Combat and Capitol Hill, I want to thank you so much for elucidating and illuminating uh, this uh situation today on the savage nation thank you so much
3: it's always a pleasure my friend we look forward to talking to you again and happy new year to you
2: oh yeah thank god i survived <laughs> 2019 and i'm here to be with you it was a close call at the end of 2019 but here i be thank you again we appreciate it. thank you very much uh yeah i'm here for a reason and i hope you're here for a reason and one of the reasons is to educate yourself and just for a moment Put down your hatred of Donald Trump and celebrate this victory. Make no mistake about it. Capitulation and compromise is no way to fight terrorism. Whether it's a bully in the street, you give in to them once, they're going to turn you into a slave. You cannot back down. If you've not learned that in business, then learn it in politics. Capitulation is not a way to wage war. It's peace through strength. Think of Teddy Roosevelt, walk softly and carry a big stick. And Donald Trump, who uh, the Iranians made a mistake in thinking he was neutralized by Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and the other cr- crazy, crazy, crazy people on the other side, who I told you three months ago when they were doing this, two months ago, I said the big loser here is American prestige around the world and our enemies are emboldened. I wrote a whole monologue on it. I said our enemies are emboldened by what Pelosi, the maniac, is doing. It wasn't just an impeachment. It was a personal vendetta by the mad woman herself. So the Iranians got the message that if a president can be whipped by a woman, listen to me very carefully, they hate women. They treat women like chattel. the radical Islamics. Just get your head out of, your, out of the ground. The radical Islamics treat women like chattel, lower than a dog. Just get it clear in your head. So the Iranians, or the the fanatical radical Islamics running Iran, let's put it that way, got the impression that Trump had been beaten by a woman and whipped by a woman, was weak, as weak as a woman. They figured, you know what? Hey, we can do what the hell we want. We'll take over the embassy, then we'll do this, then we'll do that. Well, Trump had an ace up his sleeve. And I tell you again, don't underestimate this man. All those buildings with his name on it were not did not get constructed by chance or by accident. In order to build a house in Manhattan, New York, in order to pour a yard of concrete, you've got to deal with some of the most sleuthy people on the planet. All the unions that run the construction trades in New York were the people that Trump had been negotiating with his entire life. They're not very different in some ways than the enemies who were just whacked in uh, Iraq and what I'm saying to you is Trump decided to act when he could and I don't think this is the last act either home of borders language culture the savage nation I think Trump has sent the message to the terrorists around the world that the US Reaper MQ 9 drones which are heavily armed surveillance planes are on station 24 7 around the world and they were watching Soleimani for a long time. And they struck while the iron was hot when they had the opportunity. And I believe that the others in Iran are going to cower and hide. Uh, Soleimani was so brazen. He was not hiding like uh, Abu Bakr al Baghdadi, He was not hiding like Osama bin Laden. He was so brazen that he appeared in public all the time. Why did he appear in public all the time? Why did he fly around the Middle East in his own airplane? Why? Because... Pelosi had made the Iranians think that she had basically beaten Trump into a pulp, that a woman who could defeat a president in Congress was the most powerful force, made them laugh at Trump, and so they were brazen. Well, it worked to the advantage of the world because now the Robespierre of the Iranian fanatics is dead. Let's see what happens tomorrow. With God's will and your listenership, I shall return.
1: The Westwood One Podcast Network.